At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on Visa's Primetime Action, live from the South Point Kill Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, Danielle Alvari off tonight. Hope to have her back soon. Hope she's having a good vacation. Uh, we do have hockey tonight. Game five from Vegas between the Montreal Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights. The Canadiens plus 190 dogs in that one. Uh, Justin Series price again north of 200 as they try to uh, upset the Knights tonight back in Vegas. Either team wins, they take a 3-2 to two lead, just like the Lightning did against the Islanders last night with an 8 to nothing win. Uh, sorry about that, Islanders fans, back in Tampa Bay. Just a run out from the Lightning yesterday. Um, and, of course, basketball, Phoenix and the Clippers. Game number two, also an hour from now in Phoenix. No Chris Paul for the Phoenix Suns. No Kawhi Leonard for the L.A. Clippers. Phoenix right now a minus, uh, let's call it a four-and-a-half point favorite in that one. Baseball all over the place. Kelly, what do we got? Yeah, Astros-Orioles all tied up at one. That game is in the bottom of the fourth inning now. Live numbers, Astros minus 135, Orioles plus 105, and seven and a half the total. Nationals lead the Phillies 2-1, to one, bottom of the second inning. Uh, that is Nationals minus 190 live, Phillies plus 155, eight and a half now your adjusted total there, Gil. Uh, the Pirates lead the White Sox one to nothing top of the fourth. Uh, the Pirates minus 135 live favorites, White Sox plus 105 and six and a half the total. Uh, Yankees 2, Royals 1. So uh, Yankees still holding on to that one-run lead from the last time we checked into them, but Royals got one uh, on the board. Yankees are minus 380 live. Royals plus 290 and 8.5 and is the total. Marlins with an early lead over the Blue Jays, 1-0 in the bottom of the fourth. The Braves and Mets scoreless top of the second. Uh, if you wanted to hop in live, Braves minus 120, Mets minus 110, 6.5. The live total in that game shaded to the under. Uh, Rays up on the Red Sox, two to nothing. Bottom of the second inning. Rays minus three eighty live. Red Sox plus two ninety. Eight and a half the total shaded slightly to the under. And Cardinals Tigers scoreless. Bottom of the third inning. If you wanted to hop in live, Tigers minus one thirty. Cardinals even money. Six and a half the total. That, one, that run for the Marlins in the uh, up one nothing on the Blue Jays there was. Off the bat of Jesus Sanchez, their big prospect that got called up for them, uh, his second home run since being called up about a week ago. Uh, really, again, another another guy that was in the kind of top 20 of everybody's prospects in baseball. And again, big big night tonight for a prospect. And then Jesus Sanchez, second home run for him since he got called up. And your guy, uh, Vonda Franco, gets his first run as a major leager as well. Was there we have it. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay 2. <clears throat> Pardon me. Boston nothing. Bottom of the second two out. I got for Klempt. I'm so emotional about his scoring. <laughs> um, by the way, about that hockey game tonight, and, and gentlemen, I, I know, again, hockey not, not necessarily in the wheelhouse, but Marc-Andre Fleury, first 
goalie off the ice during the night's morning skate today, typically indicating uh, that he will be the night's starting goalie. It is assumed that he will yes. start tonight, yes. So Peter DeBurr, uh, head coach, uh, looking like he'll go back to the uh, Vezina, tro- uh, Vezina Trophy finalist for Game 5 tonight. Remember, Robin Leonard started Game 4 and was spectacular for the Golden Knights in victory. Uh, ending in a 2-1 to Vegas Golden Knights win. Nicholas Ruaz, uh, overtime goal being the decider there. That was after Flurry, you know, who had started the previous eight games, going back to game one of the second round series against the Avalanche. That's after he made the uh, horrible error in game three, um, right behind the net, was loose with the puck, a gimme goal to the Canadians. They end up winning game three in overtime. So two straight overtime games. I am on the Canadians. I took a flyer. Again, I have them on the series. I took them on a, fl- a flyer on them again tonight, plus 197. Why, Matt? Because hockey. It's hockey. That's why. Ricochet shots. Ricochets and bouncing off skates. And uh, again, for those who missed it earlier, just to reiterate, last night, uh, Matt announced the news. It happened uh, while we were on air that Chris Paul would not be available for game two. So I grabbed the plus six. Kelly got the plus five and a half. You did not play the game. No, we were, uh, you know, I, and look, I probably wouldn't have anyway, right? Because at this point, it's just I'm I'm already very heavily invested in the Suns winning as it is anyway. So I, I probably wouldn't. But you guys got by far the best of it. I mean, there is a five actually at DraftKings right now. Majority of the market is at four and a half. Right now, uh, two twenty-five and a half. Your total in that game. So you guys definitely uh, got the best of the number. Okay, um, let's talk some more uh, National Basketball Association. Still about uh, an hour away. It's Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, and uh, Danielle Alvari. Typically, right here on Veasan's Prime Time Action, live from the South Point. Uh, he does a couple podcasts, one of which is called uh, the Deep Dive Podcast, which he does with his buddy Andy Molitor. But he's also an NBC Sports Bet the Edge podcast host and so much more beyond that. The best hair in sports betting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Drew Densick. How you doing, Drew? Oh, you know, just hanging out, watching some sports, you know. It's, uh, it's a good day. I spent, I spent most of my days today handicapping the Olympics and the Tour de France, so it's been a, it's been a wild one. Okay, let's just let's stop right there before we get to basketball. <laughs> let's, let's start with the Olympics. Because you you've done the Olympics before. You've bet it before. What is it specifically? What sports did you hone in on? Uh, well, there's a, a pretty well-known offshore shop that's taking 1K on their gold medal market, and um, I don't think a lot of those prices are right. So I've been having a fun time today, kind of double-checking, going through my numbers a little bit over and over because they change the uh, events up every year, right? Like there's karate. Like great example. You look at the Japan number; it's 27 and a half gold medals, right? Uh, last year Olympics, they won 12, seven, and eight. And so you think to yourself, well, how in the world is a home home field effectively for the Olympics worth uh, 15 gold medals exactly? <laughs> like that's that's a little bit of a reach. And I'm thinking to myself, what did they did they add sumo wrestling? You know, like what 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 did they add to this year's Olympics to help Japan kind of really get this bump uh, of expected gold medals? And you look through the rules, and it's like, oh, they've added karate this year. Okay, so there's karate in the Olympics. But then you break down the karate market a little bit. Japan's not even favored in most of these mar- in most of these markets. There's a French guy who's favored in the heaviest uh, division for the men, uh, a Turkish guy, and an Iranian guy in the middle in the lightweight division. So it's not even a guarantee that uh, Japan is going to be able to flex in some of these um, you know markets where they particularly you know, traditionally do well. Um, most of Japan's golds come in the fighting, judo, wrestling in in a normal year. 
Usually they get a little bit of gymnastics, a little bit of swimming. Um, but I am really not even coming anywhere close to 27 and a half gold medals for these guys. And uh, I think the under is looking pretty good. It's already gotten beat up a little bit. I'm seeing the juices move down into like the minus 160 range. But um, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, that's the most. So most of the day today, just kind of going through and double checking all the events with their awarding medals. Uh, and just making sure that there's not some ringer that I haven't missed who, you know, this is his or her first Olympics and they're expecting to come away with the Michael Phelps-like haul that's going to bust this one for me. That is outstanding. I did not expect for us to talk about uh, Japan total medals in the Olympics tonight, but here we are. There are medal markets over at DraftKings as well. There's total, they have a gold medal. They have just the total number of medals in general. That's up. They've even got, they've got the basketball. Because like you can... Basically, you—they're allowed to take bets on anything that has a finite outcome. Yes. Right. So any of the judging events is where you can't like whenever you can't take any bets on those. But like anything with a finite basketball, handball, like any you know any of those things where a score happens. Right. You can actually take though take bets on that. Though the total gold or the total medals does include judged sports. Correct. Right? Yes. Correct. But yeah, it's a fine. But it's a the, that specific thing is you know, right. like a, a, a yeah. count outcome or something like that. So they got field hockey and you know rugby and volleyball, and water polo, all you know, all the stuff like that. If you're if you're into all that, I'm not <laughs> into any of it. I'm just I'm not. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry that you did. They about? have golf. They have golf. They have tennis. Track and field <laughs> is good. You know, usually, so it's a two week event, right? And uh, week one, it's all swimming. At least that's what I care the most about in week one. Uh, you know, eight days of swimming, they give out, I think there's something like uh, 28, 30-ish medals awarded in total for swimming. Um, U.S. usually picks up 12 to 16 of those. Although this year, I watched a lot of the U.S. swimming trials. Man, we were well off our normal times. Really? And, and yeah, we had a, we had a rough four-year cycle from Rio uh, up through the 2019 Worlds, where really no one other than this one guy, Caleb Dressel, uh, re- no one else really distinguished themselves among the men, which means we're in trouble for the relays. Uh, and um, and then on the women's side, our women are are typically awesome, and they're awesome this year, but uh, the Australian crop of women this year is like, they're setting world records, and they're not even tapered. So this is going to be extremely tough for the U.S. to get our typical... Uh, gold medal haul in the swimming and that usually buoys our whole total like last last time around we went we got 40 something 44 46 gold medals in total 16 of those were in swimming um you know so it's it's uh, it's going to become lean pickings here if our if our swim team doesn't step up and uh um and that'll be all week one so it's possible that if we underperform in swimming you can just have a sweat-free week two of the olympics and enjoy the track and field and root root on team usa but uh, i'm starting to stack a pretty decent under position on usa 46 and a half total gold medal uh number on the united states of america yeah typically swimming is the is the main event the first week and then track and field uh week number two olympic start july 23rd all the way through August 8th. We, we, you know, with Wimbledon and the Open Championship in golf, basketball being staggered backwards, somehow the bridge to football is a little better this year. A little, a little better. <laughs> a little better. I'm still going to be gone for two weeks in July. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I will <laughs> yeah, be. But, I will be, yeah, too. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, so let's talk some basketball tonight. We got the Clippers and the Suns sitting at five, it's actually five at DraftKings. There's there's four and a half uh, those prevailing number across out there. Two twenty five and a half your total plus one sixty on the Clippers if you think that they win the thing outright. Um, we know we saw the you know the the first total and the the first I mean the uh, first game here how this went down. Uh, we know no Kawhi tonight, no Chris Paul tonight. It was tied after three quarters, and then the Suns just won the fourth quarter, 27 to 21, basically from the 11-14 mark when it was 95 all to the 754 mark when they finally scored their 96 and 97th point. That was just the the turning point in the game. So that 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 little three and a half minute stretch uh, where they didn't score basically dug themselves a hole where they couldn't get out of it. Um, Gil already kind of kind of gave us what your take is here on this but what did you what did you glean from game one and what do you think about the the game here tonight yeah so it was another kind of deja vu all over again with Ty Lu and his approach to the coaching um I don't exactly know what was going on with their kind of you know what was the conceptual idea defensively uh, exactly um I also don't know why we're not getting more minutes of uh, Batum and man on the floor together those two guys obviously have outstanding chemistry and just good you know good synergy and amazing switching ability like if you have man and Batum on the floor uh, as well as kind of like a, a pesky defender like Beverly, like, you know, Devin Booker's not going off again. You know, so I, I think there are a couple of small wrinkles, defensive adjustments that Ty, Ty, Ty Luke can implement here to really kind of keep this game in check, not let it get away from them. The 120 to 114 score last game, I think was a little fluky. 234 points, I think was fluky. You only had 92 possessions in that game. The pace was slow and they happened to have a little bit you know, better than expected shooting for both teams, uh, especially in that third quarter, which helped get that total, you know, that total over the, um, over the closing number. But um, I think this is an under series in general. I think that the, these two teams are some of the better team defense, just in terms of multiple, you know, the, the different arrangements they can make from a personnel standpoint. Chris Paul comes back, that goes up an even an added level in my mind. And uh, and so I think this is going to be a pretty hard-fought game. I think it's going to be a little bit of a grind, a little bit of a low-scoring contest. I played under 224 off the open. Um, has not been a an amazing bellwether to have massive closing line value in the NBA playoffs so <laughs> far. So not that I think this is the kiss of death or something, but uh, when it moves two points like this, uh, I, I get a little uh, a little wary. Um, I think uh, the t- the side moving from six to four and a half, I completely agree with. Uh, I think four and a half is a fair price. If Marcus Morris is kind of a last minute deemed out here, uh, I would expect this goes just got ruled in. Five. Oh, he's in. Okay, just he's just in. got ruled okay. in. Actually, at, as we were talking right there. Hmm. Okay, that doesn't really help my under. Um, Marcus Morris is uh, is more of an offensive player at this stage in his career, and I thought uh, there was a decent chance you'd get more Pat Beverly and more and uh, a little bit of Zubac. Uh, which really stifles their offense if if Morris was unavailable. So I actually had, I'd played an alt alt under two twelve and a half plus two fifty just in case uh, Morris got ruled out and we really did get a true grind of a contest here. But uh, it should be a good game. I think this is one of the handful. Even at this low, you know, this low price of four and a half. This uh, I have 
this one coming in a pretty high percentage of the time being decided by one basket. So I can entirely see Suns getting a win, but not covering, even though they're, you know, that obviously doesn't happen a ton in the NBA playoffs, especially early in series. Um, but this is one of those games where I think you have a pretty tight distribution of outcomes where that could be the case. So I don't mind still playing the Clippers at uh, four and a half, I think, uh, but I don't give them, uh, you know, an especially great chance on the money line at the current number of uh, plus 170. And you hinted this morning, maybe Phoenix in five. If I had to put a number on it, I think it's going to go four one Phoenix. I think this is a close, a hard fought win for the Suns. Uh, and again, no Phoenix in five is based on an operating assumption that Kawhi has done for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I don't have inside information on that. I just knowing him and how he's kind of been cautious to a fault at times in his career about his injuries. If he's got an ACL, anything, I doubt we see him again, in these playoffs. Um, and for those reasons, I think Phoenix is uh, is the clear, correct side. I have some decent positions on them to, you know, some, some series handicaps from before the series started. So obviously I'd, I'd like them to win by, by, by more than one game. Uh, but uh, I think ultimately um, you have a decent opportunity to bet a Clippers at a dog price. If Chris Paul comes back in game three, uh, you know, reintegrating him is going to be a little bit difficult. He'll have had about a week and a half off at that point. Um, yeah, he'll be fresh, but, uh, you know, roles and responsibilities are going to have to change on the fly. Clippers at home, a little bit, a little bit of the home, home bump there for them. Uh, and I think you probably see the Clippers take game three. Um, but once, uh, the Suns settle in, I think they're clear, uh, you know, the clear side to bet in game four, if that's a two, one series and they go up three, one, uh, I think they could put it away in five. Solo shot for Ryan O'Hearn to make it 2-2 there off of Garrett Cole. Three innings, mm. three hits, two earned for uh, for Garrett Cole here. One walk, only two strikeouts. Spin rate? I don't know. Just it's way out. down. It's way down. <laughs> also, way Marcus down. Stroman left the game for the Mets tonight. Uh, second inning with left hip soreness. Ooh, back-to-back bad news for our New York uh, baseball audience right there. Uh, before we let you go, Drew, um, our own Kelly Bidlin, you should know, has a 150-to-1 ticket on the Atlanta Hawks to win the NBA title. He got that before the season started. He also has them to win the Eastern Conference. He had them to beat the, uh, the Sixers in the previous series. And now Kelly is jumping ship like nobody's business. He does not like this matchup whatsoever. Uh, he's got the Bucks. He's you know he's he's hedging around. He's got the Bucks series price over the Hawks a couple times. He's got the Bucks in exactly five games a couple times at plus money. Also Bucks in six. Could you um, just sort of talk him off the ledge yeah, here? Yeah, made me bit? feel better, Drew. Made me feel better. Uh, well, at least there's not like video and audio evidence of all of this of him jumping ship. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not well documented and for all time yes. that you are turncoat on your 150 <laughs> right. to one ticket on the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, no, in in seriousness though, I the Bucks have an Achilles heel. They allow the three point shot at a disgusting clip. Uh, they have and they have done this throughout the years under Mike Budenholzer. It ultimately bit them in the Heat series last year when the, when I thought the Bucks were clearly the best team in the Eastern Conference. They lose going away to the Miami Heat because the Miami Heat caught a little fire from three. Why can't the Hawks? The Hawks have great shooting. If Trey Young is, if his shoulder is, you know, is is reasonably fine. If he's 80, 100 to 100 percent in this series, he's become an absolutely dynamic playmaker. On top of, uh, you know, uh, just a, a guy that can, sc- you know, score from anywhere on the floor at any given time. So um, I think the Hawks, with a little bit of positive variance from a shooting standpoint, are are live in this series. 
Uh, I haven't played the series price at plus 350, plus 400. I looked at it really hard at plus 400, and by the time I kind of came around, it had already moved. So I just, I'm, I'm not going to take the worst of the number there. Um, but I do think um, Hawks game by game until they kind of adjust this to where there's a little bit less implied margin between these two teams is the right look. Um, and, you know, the Bucks obviously come through the Nets in a series that. I don't really know what to make of, honestly. Uh, the Nets were so beleaguered from an injury standpoint throughout that series. Harden was 10% of his you know, shadow of, of himself. Um, you know, Kevin Durant's usage was all-time insane, what they were asking him to do as far as carrying the offensive load. And it still took an overtime in Game 7 for the Bucks to come through. And, what, and really, you know, the, the miracle win in Game 3 uh, to keep them from going down 0-3 and potentially being swept out, you know, in another, you know, another uh, pathetic playoff series defeat. So it's very tough for me to look at the body of work that the Milwaukee Bucks have put on tape this season and tell you that this is some juggernaut that deserves this much respect uh, to get to the finals. And yes, Giannis is a two-time MVP. Uh, yes, per, per, if you kind of follow sort of the the path and projections and the trajectory of certain players throughout their career, Giannis is he's on he's in that zone now in terms of age and maturity and experience where he ought to be uh you know a finals kind of caliber player but uh it's still you know this is a front this team these, these guys are front runners i don't know that they have kind of a meaningful comeback in them and if the hawks are shooting well if they can get a couple early games in this series uh then i definitely give them a chance why not the hawks kelly bidlin why not the hawks all right, Drew. We appreciate it. I'm not sure if he's sold or not, but he'll let us know momentarily. <laughs> thank you, man. I appreciate it as always. We thank you. Best of luck, guys. And it's yeah, again, it's not like you're not gonna have, you know, many nights to really rehash this if it goes sideways on your <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So of course not. He was with them all along and, until he wasn't. Uh, Drew Dinsick, everybody. Whale underscore Capper is where you can follow him on Twitter. And again, the podcast, uh, both the uh, Deep Dive podcast, which he does with his buddy Andy Molitor, and NBC Sports Bet the Edge podcast as well from Drew. Available where all podcasts are distributed. I don't know about you guys, but I got draft lottery fever. I can't. You just can't wait oh, to get the results. Give me those get envelopes. Those ping pong balls. Let's, Let's go. do this. Yeah, they won't even show me the ping pong balls, but I've got envelopes. Open those fever. envelopes. That's right. <laughs> no shenanigans, NBA. We're going to we get look two to commercial breaks at least. Oh, it's, it's going like, to last yeah, forever. Yeah, it's amazing. amazing. they got a ball game to play. Let's get it going. It's Vison's Primetime Action. We'll come back. We'll update everything. the action on DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Just download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up to compete for cash prizes each week. Don't wait! Sign up now and new customers get a deposit bonus of up to $500. That's code VSIN V-S-I-N when you sign up. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Must be 18 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See www.draftkings.com for details. Did you buy into my uh, don't wait? Don't wait. You gotta do it. Absolutely right. I was trying to sell it. 
Trying to Red Sox it. all the way back here in Damn. the top of the third. They are still adding on to now a 3-2 to two lead. Uh, RBI double for J.D. Martinez. That puts him at hitting 310 on the season with a 368 OBP. So another guy swinging a really hot bat that's kept it going all season long. Can we talk? Uh, can we repeat that little Twins conversation we had off air? Because I yeah. think that's an interesting one. Twins lose today. We failed to mention uh, earlier today. The only the only day game in baseball. They lost 10 to seven earlier this morning uh, to the Cincinnati Reds interleague game in Minnesota. A game where they were trailing seven to two. And then fought all the way back to tie it up at 7-7. Seven and seven, Had a runner in scoring position with one out um, in the frame where they got the five runs. I believe that was the seventh or the eighth inning. Uh, don't hold I think it was the eighth. And uh, they couldn't get that man home. And the Reds with a three-run jack in the top of the ninth to take the 10-7 to seven lead. That held up. And that game was such a, to me, that was, look, they're 31-42. and 42. You and I both loved them before the yeah. season. They have been, I would say, the biggest disappointment in all of baseball. Easily, easily. Because when you look up and down this lineup, yeah. it's just, it is just filled with superstars. And But what this does is, I mean, there's going to be at least, at least Nelson Cruz, if not another bat or two from this team, because they've got a bunch of young guys that they can kind of, re, they can just kind of start over and rebuild with since this season is, is complete garbage. And so get something back in return. And so, one of these teams down the stretch here, one of the, and it's going to have to be an American League team. He can't play the field anymore. But, but Nelson Cruz goes three for four in the losing effort. Is hitting three oh six, OBP of three eighty. So he's walking. It's not like they're when he's throwing bad pitches. He'll take the walk. Got a five seventy two slugging percentage, and somebody is going to get to add this guy to plug in right in the middle of their lineup. One of these teams that's coming through. You know, could it be a? Could it be an A's, you know, like, you know, could it be, a, you know, one of these teams that we think that might be kind of right on the fringe to either be to, to go ahead and be a buyer and, and make a move. But, you know, somebody's going to end up with Nelson Cruz and somebody's going to be able to plug a guy right into that three or four hole for them and uh, make an instant impact here because he's he's going to be available, if not a couple of these other guys as well. We, we did like the Tribe, too, who are only two games yeah. out behind the White Sox. But the Twins, just an utter disappointment. You're so right about. And the trade deadline you know, the A's are always interesting because sometimes Billy Bean, they're in it and yeah. they still decide to sell. Sometimes, you know, that they're buyers when you don't necessarily expect it. So they, they would be an interesting team, but you're so right. I mean, the, the parts that they have to provide others, that's what makes it the second half of baseball more interesting because teams like the Twins are just like, we, we're completely shedding people as well. John Gray's going to be on the move. Trevor Story's going to be on the move. So, I mean, there's going to be. There's going to be some people. See, there's still enough time between now and the trade deadline, which is at the end of July, that if the Twins just went on an epic streak now, none of this conversation would apply. Um, you know, that would just go out the window and everything we're saying. And sometimes it comes down to the very final week before the trade deadline, and even sometimes the final series where these teams decide because they so badly want to <laughs> still be in it and they just they have to be convinced over and over that, the, that they're not. Um, but uh, we'll see. A long way to go. Uh, before the trade deadline in some in some respects, and then in some respects, not a long way to go at all. Not quite at the halfway point of the season. Twins 31-41. and 41. Uh, Again, like 10 games, exactly 10 games shy. And most teams are right around the 70-game mark. So uh, late next week into the weekend, uh, that will be the de facto halfway point of the season as we head towards the All-Star break and the uh, home run derby and all the shenanigans of the All-Star game as well. So... Um, Pretty much, if it's not, the Twins are the most disappointing team. 
Who would you say is the most surprising? Would you say the Giants? Probably the Red Sox for me. Red Sox for you. Now, I would say it's the Red Sox for me because I was yeah. on this show. I said famously, I think the Giants well, make the playoffs. that division, I just thought they would just be buried. Give me 8-1 to one on the Giants to make the playoffs. Said it before the season. So to me, it's the Red Sox also. Did not see that at all. And they did add two more. So it's now 5-2. to 5-2, two to two, Red Sox. Yankees still 2-2. Two to two, Bottom of the fourth. Uh, in their game against the Royals. We will come back. Prop watch. Clippers and the Suns a half hour away, at least by schedule tip off time, which means it's about 50 minutes away. 55 away. Coming back on Beeson's Primetime Action. This summer, it's time to update your sports betting wardrobe with some new VSIN gear. We've got hats, shirts, and mugs with the VSIN logo or fun sports betting things like cash and tickets is what it's all about. And it's not under till it's over. Visit the VSIN store today at vsin.com slash store and find the perfect item for yourself or as a gift. That's vsin.com slash store. Kelly Bidlin, how many uh, VSIN uh, items do you own from the VSIN store? Uh, over under 72 and a half. Mm. I'm going to go slightly yeah. under. Yeah, it's under. Right. I think I've got one or two. Really? Yeah, really. One or two shirts. Oh, great. We, but we're you and know you we're purchased these on, or they were gifted to you. We're, we're getting a lot of. I I bought. I bought. Yeah, purchased. I, I purchased all. all that I, I purchased got. all of them. I, they also made for a great Christmas presents. Well, I was going to say, you know, for a numbers game, I have gifted the entire crew any item of their choice from the Veasan store. I would like to do the same for the primetime action crew. Oh, any nice item gesture. that they want. Well, you, I think we should wait till we get primetime action gear in there because I think we're still lacking on that. You hear that, crew? Kelly doesn't want me to buy you anything yet. Just well, when we get primetime action Except for stuff. all the pizza we have. Yeah, exactly. yes. I was going to say, except for... Well, literally like two months worth of pizza. <laughs> like, like, they can that. have like every <laughs> single day for two months. Fatten them up. They'll need a, they'll need yeah. a larger shirt size <laughs> right, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right, let's do prop watch. Clippers and the Suns. Game number two. All right, game two. No Kawhi, no Chris Paul. Therefore, the rest get bumped up. Paul George, 30 and a half. He's the high watermark for the Clippers in points. Uh, eight and a half boards for him, by the way, his PRA. Points, rebounds, and assists, 45 and a half. Three and a half, three-pointers made. That's the, what the uh, fourth column is there on the screen. Devin Booker, no surprise. He dropped 40 in game one. He's at 30 and a half points for the Suns. Six and a half boards, 44 and a half. PRA, two and a half, three points. Uh, Three-pointers made. And then on down the line, um, high-water mark for rebounds. No surprise, DeAndre Ayton at 9.5 for the Suns. And uh, in PRA, the two guys we just mentioned, Paul George and Devin Booker. But obviously, the two absences affect all of this. I mentioned Terrence Mann before that final game against Utah as, hey, you think Teron Lue has figured out the Terrence Mann thing? And, of course, he went off. That night, that's like exactly what you asked me, and I was like, I'd still, I'd lean under on that nine and a half, <laughs> and he had like what thirty seven or something a game. Yeah, he looms there at the bottom. Matt, w- which way would you go if any direction? I here? mean, so they are just see they adjust much much quicker when there's only a game to focus on because we had Paul George three pointers at one and a half, then it bumped to two and a half, and now it's all the way up to three and a half. Yep, because uh, he shot twelve of them. Uh, I mean, he shot fifteen of them. In the last game, Jeez. seven of 15 shot 15 three pointers 
in that last how, game. How much, how much did Reggie Jackson have? Uh, Reggie shot 12 of them. I, so, I, I read so a stat Between today. the two of them, they shot 27 threes between the two of them. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I read a stat today, and this is going to make Gil fall off his chair, but uh, Reggie Jackson's true shooting percentage in this playoffs is the uh, – uh, I'm sorry. It, it has something to do with three-point shooting, but it was better than Steph Curry's has been in the past seven years. Stop it. <laughs> I was like, uh, all right. I don't know. And now for another segment of When Analytics Go Wrong with yeah. Kelly Bidlin. Yeah, so, exactly. So yeah. the thing with George is like, we just I just don't think you can expect him to shoot another 50. I mean, like three and a half is a lot of threes. I mean, you can't expect him to shoot 15 again, right? I mean, no. Like, but even if he shot 12 of them. But if he shot 12, then, you know, if he, can he shoot 33%? I mean, like, Reggie put up 12 of them. Yeah. Yeah. I would be, so what is his, his number two and a half? Yeah. I, I would be much more, I would gravitate much more to playing it over there. Uh, his over juice to minus 175. And uh, where is Paul George? Paul George over three and a half plus 105. So I guess there is a little bit. Oh, okay. So you're getting money. plus money on that. I mean, like, look, we know he's going to huck it up. It's just, do we get, do we get 12, 13 of them? Or do we get nine or ten of them? Because if we get, like you said, if, you, if we get twelve, I mean, he's a he's he is a career much better than thirty three percent three point shooter. So I mean, like we we're getting we're getting what we want on this, you know. But it just depends on, you know, if we only get nine or ten of them, then it's not really coming in our direction. So I guess uh, for me, it would be an it would be an over or pass, especially getting the plus money on George. But I mean, look. He had to put up 15 of them last game. So is it out of the realm of possibility that he puts up another 12? I don't guess it really is. I mean, especially when you consider it was him, Reggie Jackson. DeMarcus Cousins was the only other player in double figures in that game for them. And he had 11 points in 13 minutes. You know, like that was yeah. it. I'm 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 really interested. I, props to DraftKings is I don't know how many how many books have Marcus Morris props posted. They do have numbers from him. Eleven and a half on the points. One and a half on threes. One and a half over one and a half threes for Marcus Morris would be an attractive one to me because mm-hmm. I think that I, it it. it you don't need him to score 12 points, right, Matt? So it's mm. one of those, as far as we're talking overs, you don't need him to score 12 points. So maybe if he is a little hampered, I just got to get him to hit two threes. He's the guy that they're, at least, Paul George would be your primary guy. Reggie Jackson, I think, kind of established himself as a secondary scorer now with Kawhi out. Marcus Morris then is right there. He's kind of the only other guy that's going to be able to supply some big points. Um, I, I don't really know how like how bad this injury is and how much we should feel like he's going to be affected by it. But if I was going to play anything with him, it'd be over that one and a half and stay away from the points. I think the one thing we know, they're going to huck him up, though. I mean, they shot as a team. 47 threes in game one. Huck them up. Like, they're going to put them up for sure. I, uh, I, I still only shot 32. I still go down to the bottom there. I go to Man and Batum, and I'm just, mm-hmm. Drew even mentioned it with Man and Batum. I go to Man, and I'm just like, does Ty Lue, has, has he gotten the memo? They've, they've got to have guys who, who are in their analytics department and say, hey, look, you know, when, uh, when Man is on the court, and especially in combo with certain guys, he's outstanding. So I'm going to I'm going to figure I'm going to assume you know how this goes man. I'm going to mm. assume that these that they have these conversations. I would go over on Terrence Mann, who I get it. You know, he had 39 in that final game against Utah. Goes right back down to 9 in game 1. So obviously that 39 point outburst was a total outlier, but um 
you know, he's had a couple 13s in there, too. I, I just think the, the more this goes on, the more they get it. So I'd go over on Terrence May. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. I think what Drew was spot on with it. With that combo, needs to be on the floor more. They've been playing Batum more. He's been getting the start. I actually think that over on the points, rebounds, and assists for Nick Batum uh, could be pretty good. He's been playing a lot of five in their small ball lineup, so him getting some some rebounds where he wouldn't otherwise is going to happen. Um, that one jumps out a little bit to me. I, I still think Jay Crowder because that's one that's not ju- juiced too heavily. Jay Crowder over on his three is still the best. He was the best three-point shooter on this Phoenix Suns team all season long. I like I like the over two and a half there. All right, Cameron Johnson is listed as well, just uh, at, at eight and a half points. If he gets the same minutes he got in game one, then that's that would be an over. So if you had to bet one, what would you bet? I would bet Cam Johnson over eight and a half points and plus one hundred five. All right, there you go. We got there eventually. We'll come back. We haven't forgotten about the Canadians and the Knights. Top of the hour here in Vegas. Andy McNeil with his thoughts after a 3-0 in that Islanders-Lightning game last night. We'll see what he can do as an encore. It's VEASAN's primetime action. DraftKings Sportsbook now and get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Simply download the app, sign up using promo code VSIN and get started with the only top-rated sportsbook that matters, DraftKings. You can bet on it. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Skill Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, right here on VSIN's Primetime Action, Danielle Alvari. Uh, our fourth, not fourth in terms of the tier, first in terms of the uh, status here, but uh, our fourth person here, uh, not with us tonight. She'll be back next week. Uh, draft lottery yet to begin, uh, but I did get a uh, text from uh, Todd Wright, former uh, host of the great ESPN radio show all night with Todd Wright, who said he's enjoying watching us tonight. Uh, and he says uh, on, on the run-up to VGK Hockey, he says the worst part about the Atlanta Hawks run in the NBA playoffs, no appearance by Jamie Gertz at tonight's draft lottery. Great call. Jamie Gertz used to always represent the Atlanta Hawks when they were in the draft lotteries. Gertz, you may know from her run on the 1982-83 sitcom Square Pegs, perhaps from her appearances in the motion pictures, less than zero or the Lost Boys, not in the lottery because the Hawks have better things to do. Better things to do. Where did you say you found her, Kelly? She was on Entourage. Okay. I was like, Gil, who are you talking about? I'm like, for oh, those, yeah, she was on Entourage. Well, for those of a different generation, <laughs> yeah. an appearance on Entourage. Who was it on Entourage at some point? All right, let's talk hockey. Let's go north of the border as long as we're not draft lottering yet. Uh, let's call him in from Edmonton, Alberta. Let's wave the Canadian flag across the screen and reveal Andy McNeil, everybody. How you doing, Andy? Entourage. Just, <laughs> that's my best uh, Michael Scott impression, but yeah. Canadians game five tonight plus one ninety seven. I'm saying we're calling it plus two hundred even here on the screen. The Golden Knights minus two forty. Uh, series two to two back to Vegas. Are we getting Mark Andre Fleury tonight? Is that official or, or just assumed? 
Uh, yeah, we're getting Marc-Andre Fleury. He, he led the team out for warm-ups, and uh, Chandler Stevenson is also on the ice. So um, the Golden Knights are, are pretty much back at full strength now and, and uh, in, in a pretty good position here to, to take a, a series lead. Would you, oh, I'm sorry. Would you recommend a, a a a bet on the Canadians at all? I, you know what? I, I mean, I, I personally, I you know, you guys know that I'm I'm already holding uh, uh, a pretty good series wager here um, at around seven to one. Um, I the, the line was much better earlier in the day. We, we were getting around plus two ten at a lot of shops, and now it's anywhere from uh, here at DraftKings plus one ninety five right now. Um, and, and even worse than that at some places. And, and I, I don't really like them at that price. I mean, like, we think back to the start of this series, we were getting this bet at plus 240, plus 235, um, and, and now it's all the way down uh, south of, of plus 200. So um, this is this is where I jump off the, the Canadians train and, and just hope that I can uh, cash in that, that uh, positive expected value that I've uh, accumulated with that series wager. Andy, uh, I guess this is as good a time as any to to welcome uh, you to the to the world of legalized sports betting in your in your country at least <laughs> yes. soon to be um, the 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 single game. There's been parlay <clears throat> betting in in Canada for a while, so if, there has been at least that. But single game betting did get legalized today. Now it's the exact same way. There's confusion going on. It's the same way as it is in the states. But all they did they paved the way for provinces to to legalize it on their own. So it's not it's like here, right? I mean state the states And did. there in lies the problem. Uh-oh. <laughs> no. Uh-oh. What do we it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't even no, know what province you you're in. I, I, you, I'm in Alberta. You're in Alberta. You, you say that it's uh it's just like the the states. They they you know, they've left it up to the provinces. And now so over the summer, I think this is where things are going to get interesting. We're going to see what provinces do things right um it sounds like ontario which is you know the country's biggest market um is kind of open for business uh like based on what i've been reading out there uh, which is all pretty much public knowledge i guess it's it sounds like um you know points bet and and bet mgm and DraftKings, etc are all you know very interested in what's going on in ontario but then you look at, at provinces like Alberta and British Columbia, and it sounds like uh, they might be, you know, kind of monopolizing things. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for for what's in store for Canada, but uh, definitely want to want to learn some more before I uh, get my hopes up. Circling back around to the game tonight, is there any of these other markets? I know that we were we were sitting here. You weren't on the show, but we were praising you whenever you uh, gave the uh, anytime goal and then also the over last night because, one, the goal happened 45 seconds into the game and then the over got there in the second period. Um, is there any other, you, you know, you didn't like the, the price on the Canadians. Is there any other type of bet, any other type of wager that you were at least kind of considering tonight? Yeah, and, and those bets, you know, no thanks to the Islanders. Good thing the, the the Lightning were able to put up an eight spot, um, but uh, I, I do like Tyler Toffoli uh, under points. Uh, let me just look up the price here. Sorry, um, Tyler Toffoli minus one hundred six uh, not to get a point, and I also like uh, Alex Touch, uh, who's who's back down on the third line now that Chandler Stevenson's back, and of course he does get some power play time. Um, but I like him at minus 112 not to get a point. Uh, I think both of those should be priced closer to minus 125, minus 130. So a little bit of value there. Um, 
Tuck. He, he was a bit of a, you know, he had a, he had a good first game on that top line, but he was, he was moved down uh, pretty soon after. wasn't generating much, but definitely factored in on the overtime winner in the last game. But uh, don't expect him to, to, to achieve much tonight here. Andy, we appreciate it. Uh, we're going to enjoy this uh, this one tonight. So, so all of your picks then in summation here tonight. What did you li- What do you like more than anything? Alex Tuck not to get a point at minus one twelve, okay. and Tyler Toffoli not to get a point at minus one hundred six. Okay, three and zero last night. By the way, I'm not going to let that slide by. Tampa Bay first uh, period. You had uh, Stamkos to score a goal anytime, plus 190. He scored in 45 seconds. And then the adjusted over to five and a half, uh, also plus money. That one going away in the eight to nothing uh, win. So uh, well done last night. Let's keep it going tonight, man. We appreciate it. Keep keep it rolling. Yeah. Good luck, guys. You too. Andy McNeil, everybody. At Digital Gambler is where you can find him uh, on Twitter. As the game approaches, I'm, I'm, I'm betting the Canadians again. Because hockey. Yeah, his. We don't care what his little model says. <laughs> we're, we're, we're sitting here. You know what we did? We go because it's hockey. Because it's hockey. You know that's our hockey, hockey analysis. I uh, just want to point out here. So we, we're down to uh, we're halfway through, if you will, the commercial break in the middle of the NBA draft lottery. The four teams that will be vying for the number one pick are the Houston Rockets, who did have the worst record in basketball, the Detroit Pistons, who had the second worst, the other two teams that have gotten a little lucky here and have a chance at at, uh, the first pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who would be fifth by worst record, and the Toronto Raptors, who had the seventh worst record, they are in the draft lottery. And to the answer of of what happened with Golden State, their pick – their pick, the one that they owned their, by, based on their season, was in fact the 14th uh, the 14th pick in the draft, which is mathematically where they should have been. And the Minnesota Timberwolves pick did convey to the Golden State Warriors. Minnesota was not lucky enough to get here into the, uh, into the top three. And uh, that mathematically was also the favorite where Minnesota, uh, excuse me, Golden State would end up with Minnesota's pick at either seven or eight. Uh, Golden State ends up with it at number seven. So Golden State's got the seventh and the 14th picks in this year's draft, and of course, Clay Thompson coming back as well. So, good for them. Uh, I believe the Bulls picked convey the Bulls pick did convey to Orlando as well. I believe we're trying to watch this while we're talking to Andy McNeil. But um, so that's that's the story so far in the lottery. So we're about to find out between Houston, Detroit, Cleveland, and Toronto who will end up with a number one. The, pick. the real drama begins. Now. Oh, the drama! Yes, the real drama. Begins now. Uh, RBI single for who? Will, who else? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Mm-hmm. ties the game for the Blue Jays one-one in the seventh inning with the Marlins in that one. Still two-to-two in the Royals and Yankees. If you look what Garrett Cole's got going on tonight: five innings, three hits, two earned, one walk, three Ks. So way off of his K rate that he normally has, Gil, but uh, has only given up two earned so far. Yeah. That's not a bad line, mm-hmm. but it's not a Garrett Cole line. Right, right. And that was, you know, again, I've, I've talked to some guys, and, you know, if, if you get too far in the moosh of spin rate, people immediately fall asleep. But just some baseball analysts who I've talked to, uh, I'll, I'll shout out Mark Borchard here, who said where you'll see it is not the mid-tier guys all of a sudden being terrible. What you'll see is the elite guys, not named DeGrom, fall off from the elite status into sort of a, you know, 
average to kind of better than average status. And maybe that's exactly what we're seeing with Garrett Cole. I'm reading on the Twitter machine as well that uh, Max Scherzer was um, <laughs> was yes. uh, apparently checked in the fourth Twice. inning. Twice. And uh, really? I guess the second time he angrily, he just threw his glove and hat on the ground and then ripped his belt off and threw his belt on the ground as well. <laughs> and it took like five minutes <laughs> for, for it to happen. So, yeah. This so he is, threw a uh, tantrum is what you're saying. Yeah, I have seen some video of it. Yeah, it, it's a, I don't know if it was the first or second check I saw, but it was, yeah, he was getting into near tantrum territory. Uh, the Clippers starting lineup is out. It is Reggie Jackson, Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Marcus Morris, and Zubat. So Morris with the start, which would, that would that would tell me to fire overs on some of those props that we were seeing. I'm going to check here in Vegas, see if they've got anything up on those lower numbers. Um, but if you got DraftKings, I think 11 and a half, one and a half threes. I like overs on both of those now. And probably unders now. Unders are no play, a no play now on some of those Batum ones, Gil, with him not him now in the starting mm, lineup. Interesting. Uh, the fourth pick of the draft goes to the Toronto Raptors, who were represented by Fred Van Vliet, by the way. The number three pick in the upcoming NBA draft goes to the Cleveland Cavaliers, who were represented by their GM, Kobe Altman, which brings it down to Houston or Detroit, the worst of the second worst teams in basketball, respectively. The Houston Rockets end up with number two, so the Detroit Pistons win the lottery and get the number one pick in the draft, a gray-haired Ben Wallace. I, I, I saw his name under there. I'm like, that's really wow. Ben Wallace? Wow. Ben Wallace brings it home. 2004 NBA champion brings it home for the Pistons. They'll have the shot at Cade Cunningham or whoever else they want come July 29th. Well, that was exciting, wasn't it? We'll come back. We'll update all the scores. Uh, and we will get underway. Basketball and hockey next. Beeson's Primetime Action. 